is up, guy? What's up, guy? How you guys doing? This is Josue. What Josue has to say. Welcome back. If you're new here, I am Josue, and this is what I have to say. Today's episode, I... It's crazy because this time last year, I had one of these guests on, and I decided to make a part two kind of to it, and it landed almost exactly one year, which is crazy, from the first episode. So this episode is going to be about kind of like a part two to my original Miami Tech uh, episode, which we talked about, you know, the tech hub that was emerging at the time in Miami that now is like full blown. And this one's really going to be a part two to that. And we're going to discuss a little bit about NFTs, Web3, DAOs, whatever that is, and maybe Miami Coin. We'll see. There's a, there's a few topics here at hand Right now, um, I have my friend with me, Parker, Parker McCurley, which is uh, CEO and founder of Decent Labs. Parker. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> um, and I have Denise Karakurt. Did I say your, your yeah, name right? I don't even Co- know how to say my own last yeah. name. So. Community and Discord Builder for Security Token Group. Nice. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. good? You guys good? Solid. Wife and kids, all good. Non-existent. Toby. Toby's doing great. Toby's doing great. That's what I like to hear. All right. So, essentially, what we're here to discuss is, I want to talk about how Miami has grown. In well, actually, let's let's talk about you first, Parker. I know that you, last time you were here, Decent Labs has gone through monumental changes. Right, Decent Labs is no longer Decent Labs. Decent Labs is now Decent DAO. Is that right? Yeah, sort of. It's I would say it's uh, less that Decent Labs has become Decent DAO and more that uh, Decent Labs is ceasing to operate as it has. And Decent DAO, this new organization, uh, is being formed by a bunch of people that worked at Decent Labs for the last few years. So, yeah, uh, last time we spoke, I think I was uh, gearing up for fundraising uh, in order to do that. Um, and about two months ago, maybe... More like a month ago, um, we, we finished that fundraising, uh, and we actually were able to raise some capital from investors that are based here in Miami, uh, which is awesome, because there definitely weren't, like, the caliber of tech venture capital investors or uh, cryptocurrency-specific venture capital investors uh, that I could really meet in person in Miami when I started that process. Um, so that was really cool. And, uh, yeah, the big change that we made uh, outside of forming a DAO and, you know, decentralizing as an organization is uh, going from working on professional, like, paid software projects and building stuff for other crypto startups to uh, funding and building our own crypto projects, uh, which is a big difference. So to lay down in layman's terms for people that are technologically handicapped, I guess, how what's the best way you can describe what a DAO is in this new... Because a DAO is relatively kind of like a new concept, right? Like, maybe this time last year they weren't as relevant or as prevalent. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know, like... Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, DAOs are really interesting, and I really view them as the next evolution for structuring uh, organizations. Also, just like how today we have LLCs and nonprofits and C corps and all these different structures for forming. So it's a business model, kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think it's a business structure. Structure. And in crypto, there's a lot of argument currently about what a DAO should be from a standpoint, usually of decentralization or you know governance philosophy and. What are we doing that's better than what's currently available in corporations, and are we solving those problems? But I think way more broadly, uh, the most important factor here is that DAOs are programmable. So just that, uh, just how cryptocurrencies are programmable, and uh, thus are way more powerful than regular money. 
uh, DAO is a programmable infrastructure for an organization, which to me means that all the infinite possibilities that are available with money now due to crypto can now be available for any type of human system uh, working towards a shared goal, which is really what a business is. Nice. Okay. I want to circle back to DAOs later on in the conversation, but for the sake of it, I want Denise to talk a little bit about, about himself. Um, Denise, so tell, tell me, tell the listeners um, what it is you do, how you got into it. You work for Security Token Group, right? Yep. So Security Token Group is the parent company, right? And then under that, we have Security Token Market and Security Token Advisors, okay. right? Um Security Token Market is a media and data company. Security Token Advisors is a consulting company. Um, how I got to work for them. So uh, I was working Uber. I was super miserable. Um, Typical Miami, kind of yeah. like yeah. <laughs> early 20s. Yeah, so I there, it came to a point where I just like couldn't even turn on the app anymore. I was like so miserable. Um, so I decided, okay, like just for my sanity, let me take two weeks and just like do what I love, which is like nonstop degening out on, on crypto. So I just uh, did that for two weeks straight. Um, I was My goal was to find something that can make me some sort of like sustainable, passive income, whatever. But the thing about that and crypto is that any most things that can get you a, a sustainable income that's like somewhat decent, you either need to put a lot of capital into, right. or it's just not gonna last. It's just like not sustainable. Um, so I didn't end up finding anything. Um, New Year's Eve came. Parker was like, "Yo, let's hang out." I was like, "Cool, let's hang out." And. Uh, he was telling me, yo, I just launched a Discord for, for Decent DAO. Uh, join it. And I was like, yeah, support the homie. Like, let me join. I joined. Um, I saw it was super bare bones. I was like, yo. We need to level do this shit up. This, you gonna do this thing needs a glow up. It was pretty cringe. It was pretty cringe. <laughs> I remember I joined it initially. And yeah. then it was, like, so robust after, like, he, like, spruced it up. For sure. Why did you decide to start a Discord? Like, what's... Yeah, I mean, dude, a big thing for us, like, as we're making this journey to a DAO, right, and we're taking the things we used to do as a centralized organization that was, you know, mostly owned by me, mm -hmm. and turning it into something that's bigger and, and more expansive and more ambitious, uh, and I think a good first step to that was to start doing things out in the open, and so we moved our communications channels where so we talked about... transparent. Exactly. And so now not only is our code open source and free and accessible by everybody, but literally the conversations that we have. I mean, you can go in our Discord, and if we're talking about one of our projects, you can join and listen or contribute and give so feedback. So that's a key feature of a DAO, having everything being transparent, open source, just... I think, I think for our DAO, it's very important, and I think for most DAOs, it is very important. Okay, but that's not how they all have to operate. It's just kind of like a... Yeah, I mean, I could imagine if it was beneficial to the mission of a DAO to somehow have some sort of private information um, or like private communications, and that's that's totally fine. But I think for us, it's like, it's just to, to show how much we believe in it and that by being open and by having nothing to hide, we're going to end up with so many people helping us and understanding and buying into what we do that we don't have anything to lose in terms of other people like learning our secret sauce or whatever. That was going to be my next question. Okay, uh, you just answered it for me. So then after you went and helped out Parker with his Discord, what yeah, is that? Yeah, so I... 
I saw his Discord was very bare bones. I was like, yo, you going to do anything about this? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, yo, there's... Uh, Come there, to the body shop. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to be done here. And he was like, well, I don't know anything about Discord. Like, I've never used it. Um, do you? And I was like, yeah, I mean, di so Discord started out as a platform for gamers, right? Mm -hmm. It solved a problem that gamers didn't know existed, right? People would always communicate, but like it took it to a whole nother level. And um, so I was like, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I've used it for like four or five years now. Um, I had uh, attempted to collab with two people that I thought were like really good stock traders. And I was like, yo, let's let's get together. Let's make a like a signals group where there's a paywall. People come in and they get a good stock place or whatever. Those two didn't end up working out, but I learned a lot in the process of like creating the discords for those uh, two guys. And okay. um, so I was, uh, you know, Parker was like, yo, well, if you can, you know, make my discord look professional and and get a thousand people in there, you know, I'll pay you. And I was like, Psh like running like i was like say no more like that's exactly like the type of thing i was looking for and right then in that moment i realized like oh like i have a skill set that like falls in in the in the industry like i can work in the industry i had always loved crypto never imagined i'd be able to work in the industry i just never thought i had a skill set um and i also at the time i was really going crazy on nfts i was very deep in them um Still, I'm I'm still fairly deep. I'm a bit detached now just because, like, I'm working a lot. Um, but I learned a lot about, you know, communities, how they operate, how they get built out, um, how they maintain engagement in them. And so I was, I was up for the challenge. I worked for Parker roughly three weeks, was it? <laughs> it wasn't that <laughs> Two, that's, three weeks. That's a good few, project. Yeah, it was, yeah, two, two weeks or so. And then... Um, I got the opportunity to sit down with um, Herwig Konings, the uh, one of the founders of Security Token Group, and okay. sat down with him. Um, he asked me my story. We talked. He liked what he heard, and and then I started working for them. So, tell me, what is? I guess for the sake of a DAO, I can see what Discord, what value Discord brings to the table. But maybe for Security Token, how does? What kind of value does the Discord bring to them as operating as a different type of company? Or yeah, so it, it, I don't feel like it necessarily um, matters as to what type of crypto company you are or what type of blockchain company you okay. are. It's more so like how in tune do you want to be with your community, right? That's the you know service that Discord provides. It allows you to get um, super deep with your community. Allows you to provide constant updates and and communication with them so um i would say yeah they already had a discord before i came in um i looked at it it was uh it was good for not having someone dedicated to it um get to the job yeah and so i came in spruced it all up um it's still a work in progress um but i just i don't know a better tool to engage with your community than the discord and I could talk a little bit about the benefits that we're already experiencing. Yeah. Because um, it takes a long time, right? When we first did everything on Discord, it wasn't like the next day, all of a sudden, we had a community or that people understood you have to build it. what was going on. Um, but And the goal for us, it was very intentional that we wanted to build a community for crypto builders. So people that are like us and who are bringing to the table 
um, some sort of experience or skill set that we need in our studio to launch new crypto projects. Um, and and so, sorry to interrupt you, for the, I guess listeners have never even heard of Discord. It's like a forum, basically, right? It's, it's kind of, in a way, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's like AIM. It's like AIM, right? Yeah. It's like a <laughs> forum-ish AIM type of like yeah. messenger thing. Okay. So yeah, you can have different channels. Right. You know yeah. what? It's like Slack for Zoomers, to be completely honest. Right. Um, and yeah, so basically, the goal for us was to build a builder community. And I thought, well, the ultimate metric to measure our success of that would be contributors that are joining the DAO from the Discord. And this week, I was so excited. And I mean, this is more exciting to me. Well, put a long story short, this week, we have two new members that have joined our community that heard about Decent Online, joined our Discord, read about what we were doing, read about the projects we were doing, read about the help we needed, and then reached out to me and said, hey, here's exactly where I see myself contributing. You know, can I be a part of this, right? Um, and that, what's so cool about that, that's like more exciting to me than closing like a multi-million dollar deal <laughs> is because that proof of concept shows that we now have a community that's actually working where people from all over the world can learn about what we're doing and then become a part of it. That's dope, dude. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's really taken cool. us months to meet, to make that milestone, but now we're getting more people every week that are reaching so out. So talk to me a little bit more about that process. How does that work? How do I go from, I'm one of your community members in discord and then I just join your DAO? Like, is that like a hiring process that you do or is it the, you vo they vouch on some sort of way? How does that? Totally. Well, so, I mean, in an ideal universe, we'll get to a point where there is no hiring process. And, you know, I think fundamentally for a DAO to be autonomous and decentralized, it needs to be a system where, like, if I don't know you or don't like you or have never met you or even heard of you and you want to contribute to that system, you should be able to and get value out of it mm -hmm. if you provide a value to it. So that's our ultimate goal is for that process to be totally automated. Um, but there's a lot of issues that come with, like, validating if people's work is high quality or, or if they're the right person for this role or, or whatever. And so uh, right now the way that we're doing it is, like, again, it's basically, like, showing – uh, the types of project management stuff that you typically only share with the project team and like just showing it to the public and saying, Hey, this is our roadmap and our plan for this product for the next six months. Um, you know, do you see a place in this that you can be a part of? We've also had people reach out to help us with things that I didn't even think of. Like, um, for example, like the fact that as a DAO, we're now, you know, we're, we're experimenting with a new type of organization that is global and borderless and has no employees and that is a super complicated thing from a legal and compliance perspective in the United States. So someone reached out to us to offer to help and make sure that we're designing a contributor program that can't be misconstrued as like employment, for example. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge benefit of being a DAO. Um, and so for us to be able to, you know, have people reach out to us that are experts at what they do and help. Uh, another example is on the contributor onboarding itself. I got hit up by somebody who sets up talent pipelines for DAOs. And, uh, you know, he's now working on a project to make it easy for a software developer or designer or product manager to come into the Discord and uh, learn more about the projects and just get involved really easily. So we're building a whole hiring funnel for that, just like what we used to spend energy on recruiting and interviews and all this, like, kind of classic hiring now stuff. Now you spend that money on the, on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And, and really more like energy, right? The coolest thing about this is it's a lot of this is free, right? This is just us doing cool stuff and people are into it. Talk to me a little bit more about the, I guess, capitalizing uh, side of the DAO. How does, how do you make, what does that structure look like? Yeah, so for us, I mean, our DAO is backed by investors. I mean, Decent itself, you know, we put our entire balance sheet into the DAO. A venture company? Um, sorry? VC? Yeah, no, no, like Decent Labs. You okay. know, like, like we invested, you know, all of our money into Decent DAO. Um, okay. That was part of our kind of corporate Harry Curie. And um, with the... Um, with the capitalization of the DAO, otherwise, we raise money from venture capital investors. 
Um, it was really important to us that we raise capital only from people that I would consider crypto native. So these were funds that have a great reputation in the cryptocurrency space, and they're certainly teaching me about decentralization, not the other way around. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's enough backing for us to work on you know, probably up to a dozen new project launches. Uh, so it gives us a lot of opportunities to launch cool stuff, which we then hope will you know, bring in revenue for the DAO and it will become self-sustaining and not require investor capital to exist. That should, I feel like the crypto world has brought in so many new ideas and ways of doing things and structures that I think it's like, not only will, I think it's changing the world, right? Not just through decentralized cryptocurrency, but just the structures of things like uh, uh, DAOs and blockchains and these things didn't exist any, uh, before crypto, you know what I mean? So now it's like a whole different fucking world and the opportunities. Yeah, people get very creative with new technology, so... It's interesting to see, like, the world will probably be such a different place in 10 years, you know what I mean? Thanks to all this. I, I think it's really cool, and, you know, back to the DAOs and the human coordination and the impact that that can have. You know, I discovered Bitcoin when I was 15, and I've made a career out of it, but I did, you know, whatever I could with the little resources at the time to work in Bitcoin mm -hmm. uh, to sort of, like, pursue that and follow it. Now, if you look at that opportunity and the impact it's had on my life, I'm now imagining a universe where, you know that same 15 year old kid can discover a DAO and contribute to it online and get paid. And like, you know, they could make more money than a full-time employee as a teenager. So that's funny. Cause that, that was the next question I was going to ask you guys is how do you see the impact of DAO changing the overall industry or just the playing field in general? Yeah, I think it's the openness, it's the openness and the, the flexibility. And it doesn't matter like who you are or what your name is or what you look like. Everyone's like an anime cat, right? <laughs> like a fake name. So like a super like free and kind of open environment in that way good shit dude and also like the the actual structure of a down itself like the the idea that it's not a centralized group that's making all the all the decisions it's someone puts up a vote and then the community votes on that it's vote. like a board or someone puts up a yeah like a suggestion and then the community votes on that like a board of stakeholders type of thing right Yes, yeah, except concept. in this case, the board is the employees, the owners, right. the investors. The people. It's, it's exactly. Which is really, really exciting. That is really cool. It's very inefficient, unfortunately. In what um, way? Well, there's this concept a lot of people of the, involved? Yeah, and there's a concept of, like, the tragedy of the commons, and in most systems that involve large, large quantities of people, they just get, like, not, they don't operate well. And so I think the trick with the Wait, I don't, I don't understand what you mean. Um, it's sort of like how, okay, just too many cooks in the kitchen type of thing? Think about it like this. If someone like Warren Buffett is heralded as a genius investor, mm -hmm. and this one person's ideas is what drives making amazing amounts of financial returns, then saying that a DAO is always going to work would be like saying we're going to outsource that investment decision to 100,000 people in America, and they'll make a better choice than Warren Buffett. And that's just not true. So the question is, how do we yeah, maintain right. an adequate level of openness and decentralization without ending up in a place where we have 100,000 people directly voting on decisions that they shouldn't be a part of. Wow, that is, uh, yeah, that is tricky. Yeah. Well, those are growing pains, right? As DAOs continue to become more prevalent and grow, then I guess somebody will figure that out or I don't know, because obviously that seems like it's, it's a big deal. Definitely. I mean, the smartest people I know in the DAO space, um, most of them, I would say, aren't even uh, like engineers in the traditional sense, but they're people who have a strong understanding of political science and the history of democracy and governance and I mean, we're really quickly, like, you actually see... Yeah, that makes sense. ...like, real-world events that have occurred are now happening in DAOs, and it's like, we learned that that didn't work in the French Revolution. 
<laughs> like, right? And so, and then we're just like repeating on chain. It's really fascinating. Let's learn from history, guys. Let's learn from history. Well, hopefully we can do better. So I think now we're at the point where maybe DAOs can get current with how the world is currently doing mm-hmm. uh, and operating and maybe improve. That would be ideal, I think. <laughs> That's really impressive. I want to, so wait, before I move on. So DAO is an acronym, right? It stands for something? or what's Yeah, the Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Yeah, and that... Um, In case anybody wants to look it up. I'm not sure if it was penned at this time, but VDAO, which is very famous in Ethereum history, um, was like one of the first of its kind, an on-chain entity. Uh, it was meant to serve as, I believe, an investment fund. Um, mm-hmm. And like the DAO hack is actually what led to a massive loss of funds and Ethereum breaking off into Ethereum, uh, you know, that we know it today and Ethereum Classic, right? Yeah, there's um, two versions. Yeah, and that was a very controversial thing because basically it involved a lot of people losing money and Ethereum was small and, and I think insular enough at the time for them to be able to convince the whole community to hard fork and to basically like, you know, reduce that loss of funds, which to a lot of people in the crypto community is a dangerous thing, right? Like Bitcoin has never, you know, undone uh, blockchain history as far as I know. Gotcha. I wanted to go and touch on a subject that most people, I think, are familiar with, at least as a word, but maybe not really know what the hell it is. And that's your topic, NFTs. Sweet. So NFTs uh, stand for non-fungible, to- non-fungible tokens, <laughs> right? Yeah. So my understanding of it is, is that it's a form of a digital asset, right? That you buy with crypto, um, like an online painting, and you get some sort of... Uh, that's like the the layman's terms, like the way everybody knows what a I guess what a what an NFT is, right? And you get some sort of certification or something like that's your property. It's digital. It's not in the physical, and you bought it with crypto. Yeah. So uh, NFTs can represent uh, real physical assets in our day to day life or whatever, or it could be just digital, a JPEG that someone you know created on a Photoshop or whatever. But um, it's the idea of having a digital asset that is on the blockchain that is verifiable, right? So I can prove that I own that NFT, right? If you want to come and screenshot, that's the biggest thing people talk about, right? Is like, bro, I'm going to screenshot your NFT. Like, yeah, then it's um, mine. <laughs> yeah, but um, you can do that. You can screenshot my NFT, but at the end of the day, you can't go sell that screenshot. I can sell my NFT because it's, verifiable through the blockchain that I own it, right? right? And that it's the real deal. The 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 blockchain allows you to trace it back to its origin. So I could trace this NFT's history and be like, oh, okay, it was minted by this guy who's the original artist. This is legit, you know? And then, um, like you said, you can buy and sell them on the blockchain as well. So, yeah, pretty much. Talk to me a little bit, a little bit about what minting is. Is it like mining, like the way you would mine a, a cryptocurrency? What no. is minting exactly? So minting is is the idea of bringing an NFT to life, right? Uh, minting is a broad term. It applies to regular, the regular side of crypto. Like um, you can mint coins, you can mint NFTs as well. So minting an NFT is basically you're taking that file and putting it on the blockchain, right? And creating that non-fungible token, right? So you're basically, basically you're like Frankensteining your JPEG and bringing it to life. It's the, per- the minting is, I guess, uh, it's the person doing that developmental work, right? Behind the scenes to... Yeah, to it's like. not, uh, there's, 
very little developmental work behind there could be a lot behind it but there's many um platforms like even OpenSea itself which is you know the biggest marketplace currently for nfts is you could just i could take a picture of you right now put it onto my computer go on OpenSea, and then mint that as an nft i mean if you're down i'm done <laughs> if we're gonna make some money let's make some money oh that's another thing is uh I get a lot of people that come and talk to me like, yo, I'm thinking about this NFT project, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, tell me what the concept is. And then I'm like, sad. Cause most, like, most are shit concepts. Yeah, because like people think like, okay, I'm going to like put this up on the marketplace and I'm going to sell it for one, two, three. Yeah, eight. get like, rich no. scheme. How, how, do you feel, scheme. how do you feel about crypto dick butts? What is that? Phenomenal project. The fuck Tremendous. Is it? It's it's the only so decent DAO Treasury has one NFT and it is a crypto dick butt. What what's a dick butt? <laughs> it's it's a dick butt. It's a dick butt. It's a dick butt. You should put it up it's put a it butt, up on the it's screen. It's a butt right with here. a penis on it? Yeah, you should I mean you can just Google it. Crypto dick butt is the project. I mean some uh, of the best artwork I've ever seen. And honestly, some of the, the strongest vision of any team of any project. <laughs> this, is, this is hold on, I need in, to in all this crypto. Crypto and if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm gonna edit it into the video so you guys can see what I guess what the hell this looks like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly can that. Can you edit that into the video? I don't yeah. know if it's uh, family friendly or no, not. I mean, no, I don't, I don't think families butts. sit in their living room yeah. to watch me, guys. <laughs> to be fucking honest. And honestly, so the dick butts—they're on a censorship-resistant blockchain, so anyone can see them. It's not up to us. Yeah, no, I'm talking about mo for monetization <laughs> on his video. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, on the NFTs, wow. one thing one thing I do think is really exciting, and I'm not like the expert here, so I want to keep listening to Denise, but one thing that I think is really exciting is if you look at, like, cryptocurrency, and I heard about it because people who I bought weed from use it, and that was, like, the first group of Americans that I know of that were really interested in it. Like, they were using it to do commerce online outside of the regulated financial system. Um, and now we look at what that looks like today as DeFi, which is like an army of nerds who are attempting to seriously change how money works in the entire planet. Now, if you look at NFTs, which are just, you know, cryptocurrencies are money, NFTs are this abstract concept of ownership on chain. And what first happens is memes and art and like this very like cultural, you know, visual, um, I don't want to say superficial, but it's it, as, as wonderful as art is, um, it is still the first step for NFTs. And so... You know, it's really interesting for me to think about what is that 10-year gap going to look like? Like, what are NFTs going to be used for in 10 years that we haven't stumbled upon yet? For example, at DeezenDAO, um, our plan for giving roles to contributors, almost like getting a job, is to actually give them an NFT that has their responsibilities written into it and gets them the ability to claim funds from the treasury, like, once wow. a month, like a paycheck. Dude, you've been, like, one... We're on the same wavelength. Like, you be... When I'm going to ask a question, you, like, answer it before I can even, like... <laughs> I was, that was going to be my next question. Like, what what is the future of NFT? Like, that is like sick, what by the way. I did not know you were working on that. That's... Well, it's cool, because even if... And if we get the art, then you have a visual element to mm -hmm. your job. So, that's a... I think there's a sense of pride. Like, I finally understand, I think, NFT's place uh, in our community, because I've seen how people react to NFTs in a lot more human way than they do just holding a crypto asset. NFTs, are, it feels like they own it. It feels like it's a part of their identity. Like it's real, yeah. Yeah, and that, and that that's a really awesome thing for cryptocurrency. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, there is a much more, like, personable aspect to NFTs, right? Like, 
no matter what people are like oh i've been like i have people that tell me oh i've i've been looking through some nfts and i can't find any that i like i'm like well you're not looking hard enough because there's <laughs> thousands of thousands of projects out there all yeah, i feel like everybody's working on some sort yeah. of nft project yeah. and they <laughs> all have different visions and goals they all have different communities behind them different aspects um and i feel like there's an nft project for everyone no matter what your personality is, no matter what your desires are in the space, um, your goals, whatever it is, like there is an NFT project or an NFT community out there for you, you know. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about it is people just are so much more dedicated, like on a whole nother level. Like the like I've seen tons of people work for projects for free, you know, just because they're like, yeah, I just want to be involved. I just love it. Yeah. They just love the not only the art but they love like i said the vision the the um trajectory that it's trying to take um and up only yeah facts i um, mean just the entire thing is just really take if you look, look at it i guess from an eagle eye it's you're taking everybody wants to be part of something where they don't have to really be i guess answering to somebody or in a nine to five or like you know what i mean you can work from anywhere and be involved in these little projects and make some money and and just do your own thing. You don't got to be, like you said, like on an Uber app or like listening to your bitch-ass boss tell you like what to do. Like, It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a brand new dawn yeah. when, it, when it comes to making money, you know? Oh, yeah. it makes me so happy not having, knowing that I don't have employees anymore. That word, it, it like, <laughs> it's like tastes bad. And whenever I've ever had to introduce someone to another person as an employee and I'm like implying this hierarchical relationship, it's always made me so uncomfortable. Because I really view our team members as, like, peers and colleagues. Cool, yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, I mean, I just think uh, if if you could create an organization where all members had the luxuries of the CEO and being able to make their own schedule and work from wherever they want and have the lifestyle that they want, uh, if you could run a business that way, I would imagine it would be easy to, get c to convince, like, the smartest, most talented people to work there. Because what a great what a great life. Absolutely. So I, I think that's that's the goal with the DAO and, and – Something I keep going back to, um, uh, Jess from uh, Seed Club, which is a really awesome like DAO investment group. Uh, he says DAOs need more leaders, not less. And I think that that's like a really that's a mantra at Decent at this moment is like we want everybody involved to be autonomous, to be a leader, to hold themselves accountable, and uh, not to have to be told what to do because you can't function in the DAO if you're someone who has to be told what to do. So how does the concept of maybe I'm not grasping really whole efficacy or the, the structure for that if you have to fire somebody there's no firing it's not the same type of structure so how would that work like just getting somebody off of the team how would that scenario work out totally i mean and and this is pretty neat i mean they probably like let's say that someone was assigned an nft for a role and this is a role where you're on like retainer so you're not you know a lot of the stuff in the dow there is no firing because it's a project so let's say we're going to pay you five thousand tokens to do project day project day is done you get five thousand tokens if you want to come work on another project, we'll pay you for that one. Now, if you're on like a retainer or a core contributor, as we call them at Decent, like people that make a fundamental part of the organization and they need consistent income to be competitive with what they could have, you know, working somewhere else. Um, and for those people, I think the process would, would will eventually have to look like the DAO voting to revoke their NFT, which I think is a pretty... I mean, you'd have to do something pretty bad to get consensus to kick you out. So it falls back under the same type of what we spoke about. It's everybody votes type of thing. Like, hey, are, this guy not working out. We need to get rid of him, show of hands or whatever. Yes, then he's out type of thing. Yeah, I'm imagining. So, um, you know, DAOs, 
the, the community has run with this term called work streams or guilds to define like departments in a traditional organization. Um, and I think in, in the DAO, I imagine that the people who run those departments, leaders, will be like elected officials. They might even have to go up for re-election and not have just the ability to just sit. Companies are turning to many countries. Like, it's oh, yeah. crazy. Well, dude, I mean, there's a lot of companies that are much more powerful than many countries, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's I mean, look, look, we were in 2022. Look at where we're at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just think that that's, that that's really interesting. So I think probably a structure where individual contributors, are, for the purposes of moving quickly, can be, you know, onboarded or fired at will by leadership, and that uh, leaders are in this, like, elected kind of seat that's intentionally under pressure like they they should need to work to earn that seat i think that that's really important and then we wouldn't have some of the issues that we have today which is you know people get in power and influence and they find ways to kind of just they get lose, comfortable and sit yeah, there and they just start leeching off everybody and i hate it yeah reminds me of a little country the one we live in <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah that, real quick just to add on to that like you know the you know, in a traditional company, someone can get to the point where they're, like, overseeing and managing tons of people. And they could kind of just, you know, lay back, sit yeah. back and be like, yeah, yeah, you got that. And just delegate all day long and not really do much. But, you know, the idea behind a DAO is that even the person who just got in can go on the blockchain and look at all the work that's being done. Right. So they could be like, oh, this guy, hold up, this guy's not doing any of his actual work. You know, why Why are we paying him? And they could put up a vote. You know what mm. I mean? So, Yeah, I think I think by having everything out in the open, like, accountability becomes so paramount. And people aren't, again, I just, the idea that someone could, like, hide and work 10 hours a week, and then the person next to them, as a result, has to work 70 hours a week, and they each get paid the same, is ridiculous. So yeah. I think our, our goal is to avoid a situation where overachievers are under-rewarded and where underachievers are found out. Over-rewarded, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, we have <laughs> – so here's an example. Um, let's say that you're a developer and you have the capacity to work 80 hours a week. At a regular company, they're basically going to, like, abuse that person and, you know, pay them a salary and expect – you know, eventually they'll have a standard set of how much they should work. Yeah. Uh, in a DAO, there's Which is his fault for setting that standard. But yes. <laughs> but without the HR policy, um, the DAO can say, okay, uh, why not have one contributor have two roles? Yeah. get paid two full-time jobs. You know, and I think that that's like a really, that's something that can't exist in a company today for all kinds of reasons, mostly because it would make people mad. And what I like about this is it doesn't matter. It's like the proof's in the pudding. If you put in the work and you're providing the value, you get paid and that's fair. You know, That's awesome, dude. I'm loving this whole DAO business. Like now I'm really, I know we've spoke about it like earlier and I kind of got the concept, but now I'm really, it's like sinking in like, oh, that was just. DAOs are what, when I first heard of Ethereum and, and that was really when I like fell down the crypto rabbit hole big time. Um, when I first heard about Ethereum, DAOs were the thing, the vision that I had for the impact that ETH would have on the world. Is that we'd live in a world where all the systems were run in a transparent way, and people had like a fair input and output in life versus, you know, the way that it is today, which is a bunch of dinosaurs in control. Remember, uh, side side tracking here. Remember uh, years ago when I had that idea for the app for people that wanted to get hired by yes. like, yeah, right. And it was like kind of different, like trying to get people to like in workplaces where they would be happy and like, you know, like yeah. this kind of reminds me of like the, like a concept of structure type of it. Oh yeah. And dude, I mean the, like looking at it from that big picture perspective, like the timing for that product is perfect right now because all over the United States, companies are struggling to hire people and keep them hired. 
uh, because it's just like, yeah, a lot of jobs suck. And think about the standards now. You can work from home on a computer or work from the top of a mountain mm-hmm. next to a waterfall. And like when people hear about that and then the alternative is to work in a cubicle, most people oh, is a no. no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Denise, do you do anything NFT-related for a uh, security token at this time or no? So, um, if you do, the reason I'm asking is because I just want to see, like, uh, I'd like to explain what a day-to-day job in the role of something NFT-related would, would look like. Um, so, I do, like, I wouldn't say I do anything directly tied to NFTs. I mean, we yeah, we right. have, yeah, so we have started taking on clients uh, that want to create NFT projects. Um, we provide, like, the community building for them. We build like I built out the Discord for them, um, and then we also could provide marketing if if they wanted that as well. Um, so we're we're currently working on a very interesting pr- uh, project. Um, I can't give out too much information on it just because us a little bit. There's a lot of parties involved. Um, Without getting fired, tell yeah. me what you can tell me. I mean, I would. I mean, if you can't, you can't. But. Yeah, I would say <laughs> it's it's no wrong. One. Wah wah wah! Okay, I can't find this. The, no one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, awesome. No, yeah. I mean, basically the the idea, without giving away too much, is to build um, a collective where people can learn from multiple different industries, um, from experts. Um, in one place. So I'm super excited for this project. I think it has a lot of potential. Um, and it's really uh, really allowing me to hone in my skills and, and build them further. So something I'm super excited about. But going back to your question, um, yeah, we are starting to take NFT clients, um, but we're not doing everything A to Z f- for them, right? So they most most of the time are going to come with their concept um if they need some consulting whether or not their their concept has um potential or validity um we we do provide that but at the end of the day it's up to that client to come correct you know what i mean mm-hmm. come come with something um so yeah i'm uh, that's basically I'm not, yeah, I'm not working on anything directly tied to NFTs. I'm just working on projects related to NFTs. Okay, fair enough. The next kind of topic I wanted to hit on was Web3. It's a buzzword. Some people have heard about it. Some people haven't. Um, What's Web3? What is what's happening to the Internet at this moment in time that will make the internet a lot different in the future. What's, what is Web3? What's, what's going on? Well, I've, I've definitely... Um, I know you were on an, on an article, right, or a show about it, Cheddar News, no, about Web3? Weren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was when... <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I just forgot that I was, like, interviewed by a national, like... <laughs> uh, no, no, that was... <laughs> a, hey, dude, after I come here, I'm not that impressed anywhere else. So. Um, but, yeah, so that that's a great question. I have personally fallen into this thing where, like, I now use the word Web3 pretty ubiquitously the way that I use crypto as this like umbrella term to refer to everything that I do and that's in the industry. So like, you know, a lot of the times I like, I'll talk to people and say the word Bitcoin. And what I really mean is like this greater, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum and all Mm -hmm. these dApps and DeFi and 
similarly, like when I say Web3, I'm typically mean like all of the stuff, right? Like NFTs are part of Web3 and crypto is part of Web3. But I think specifically when people are talking about Web3 as in like the the departure from Web2, um, they're mostly talking about the Most client. Most people don't even know what Web2 is. So it's the Thing. current state of the internet that we have now. Yes, and the current state is the client-server model. It's the centralized client-server model. So there's a server that has all the data and programming and information on it, and then you have many, 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 many clients who are participant in this. And what's that? what that has created is businesses where naturally, um, you know, they result in, like, power moats and control over the users. Um, and it's not, like, their fault. It's, like, Facebook had to end up this way. So give me a real-life example scenario of, for example, Google or Facebook, like you said. What is that... Like using them, what does that structure look like with Web2? Totally, yeah. So, I mean, those are both advertising uh, companies at the end of the day. That's like what the business is, is advertising. And the way that those things work is um, these systems like Facebook and Google, they're consuming an amazing amount of information about us every day. And that, that data is then brokered to third parties who s aggregate it and then sell it in mass to advertisers. Um, and so when you look at like a Facebook or a Google I think the big criticism that's been made on them is as, as non-programmers have learned this, it freaks them the fuck out. <laughs> the power they have. Every Google search you've ever made about like that weird thing that you didn't want to ask anybody about in real life, like it's out there. Yeah. Um, and that's really scary. And so the idea is, I guess, uh, is there a dynamic there where we can shift from them owning that data and information to uh, us or the community or the users owning that data and information? So one example might be if I consent to use my data to power advertisements, give me a cut of the advertising fee. Um, and that's what I think basic attention token in the Brave browser, um, that was an idea that they came up with like many years ago now, um, I think 2016 or 2017. I remember, uh, I remember if you kept up with the politics back, I think when the last time, when was the last election, 2020, 2020, yeah. Uh, Andrew Yang was, was running, he was talking about getting the tech companies to give people back uh, money for because you're the at the end of the day the consumer is the product right? right so it's like how are you not getting paid for being a product to these companies you know well, I mean? and I'm, I'm really happy to share i met andrew yang earlier this year at yeah? East denver and how was he, he? uh it was awesome smart guy right yep and he told me that he is forming a dow um so it sounds, sounds like he's right. leaving mainstream politics and using the dow framework to coordinate people around him in like a more organic grassroots way yeah, Badass. he his campaign was always very human oriented, like just kind of like you know people and type of thing. So that makes complete complete sense. So then give me, so then give me I guess another real world example. So that's the Web two version. What would that look like in, in Web three? Yeah, I think it would be um, so back to the advertising. It would be a model where I would have to consent and receive a portion of fees in exchange for my information being sold. Um, and I mean, if we want to look at like money, right, like as the probably the best example um, with with what Bitcoin has done and proven, you know, versus a bank with a central fractional reserve, which is like a flawed, you know, I mean, it's a necessary but flawed system and a lack of transparency and a lack of understanding on like, you know, what is your financial history? Like that list, when you scroll through the, your mobile app of all your past transactions, I mean, all your bank balances is a summary of all of those, right? And so when we look at Bitcoin, uh, we're taking that and instead of like the, the server being like Chase Bank's databases, um, that database is shared and distributed amongst all the users of Bitcoin. And so, you know, that, that's kind of like essential to its design. So I think like the Web 2, Web 3 paradigm is this idea that we're taking what Bitcoin has proven can be done, which is taking that centralized system and distributing it and making it more secure and more owned and by the users. And then doing it across the... Exactly. 
That's that's what I was going to say next. Again, was that all these models, DAOs, crypto, Web3, it's all ta- decentralized. It's taking away the power from, like, the main man and then putting it back to the people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Which I think is, is amazing and definitely something that we need in this day and age with all this shit going on. And, and a simple umbrella that I've used for years to, like, evaluate projects is how similar to Bitcoin is this? Like, Ethereum, I was so impassioned by because it seemed so much like Bitcoin but with smart contracts. But they were focused on the, the censorship resistance and the decentralization um, and the permissionless nature of the blockchain. And even though there's all these other alternatives that have been touted over the years, like clearly none of them have even like come close to a candle in the sun when you look at Bitcoin or, or Ethereum. And I think it's fundamental to their design as to why they're successful. How long do you guys think until Web3 is a reality to like the average Joe consumer? Because right now, I mean, you don't really see that, but I I know it's in the work in progress. But To me, it already is, but I would, I'd love to hear your take on this. Yeah, I mean, I feel, you know, we've noticed a lot of mass adoption over the last year. In year what ways? Um, just, you know, like I've had grandmas and grandpas come up to me and be like, what's this crypto stuff? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no way. Um, I It's just, you know, when you start hearing like the, everyday average person that works, you know, a normal nine to five in a cubicle, like we were talking earlier, talking about crypto and talking about like, yo, I saw this one project, like it looks interesting. Like that's when you're like, whoa, hold up, like something's shifting here, you know? And over the last like year or two, I feel like the mass adoption has probably like doubled or maybe even tripled. Um, Damn near any person you ask knows at least what crypto is, like or the idea of it. You know, um, as for where it's going in the future, I think it's only going to grow more. Um, NFTs will change over time. Um, DAOs will change over time, um, and they will start to fit and like everyday needs. Right. So, like uh, an example in 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 the space that I'm familiar with with NFTs, like. Um, people, you know, talk about all these like board apes and crypto punks and stuff and dick butts, but, um, you know, that's, I can't believe that's, still a thing. Yeah, that's just the, the, you know, the current state of NFTs, right? But the idea of NFTs can be so much more, right? It can, it can be more than just like, you know, a, an art project with a little bit of utility behind it and a community, right? It could be used in its core, like, technology, right? Like, uh, hospitals can use NFTs to verify patients. Um, it could be used in, in stores to, you know, f- as your profile. It could be used in, in so many, like, day-to-day um, activities. It could be used in, in import-export, um, making things so much more simpler. Um, so I think there is still a lot and a lot of room for growth and evolution in web3 overall those are interesting use cases that i don't think the regular person even thinks of you know i mean if yeah. you, when the person even knows what an nft is it's just like oh yeah it's like a digital online painting right and it's like scenarios like that it's like no it's way more than that because most people see like the board apes and the crypto punks they don't really look into like the technology behind what is an nft what it actually is yeah right um well we know that web3 dials all these things are all really kind of putting the power back into the individuals, kind of hand the people, right? How do you think companies are going to adapt to this? 
React, the Googles of the of the world, or just you know, any that operate off of the other type of like hierarchies and stuff. Well, well I suspect similarly to how banks and governments. Uh, had like a multi-year campaign against crypto existing. <laughs> go start shitting on it. Yeah, I, I think very. <laughs> this similar. is why you should not do this. You don't want power. You don't want. Yeah, and uh, and I think you know super lame because I, I I follow both of these guys on Twitter and kind of like look up to them. But like Brian Chesky from the co-founder of Airbnb and Aaron Levy from uh, Dropbox, they like love having these uh, or Box. They love having these like Twitter conversations about how stupid Web three is and like they're like oh yes let's give it all to the users they're great and they're like just like kind of like mocking crypto. Um, and I think it's like pretty interesting to see people that are like billionaires that are apparently so threatened by this stuff that they have to like joke about it to make themselves feel better. And I think that that's like a really good sign. It's sort of like the Jamie Dimon Bitcoin relationship. And, you know, JP Morgan is doing everything that they can to invest in crypto at this point. Um, and I, I guess back to the mainstream adoption stuff, because that's important. Like uh, to me, there's going to be some things that pop up. Like, for example, if tomorrow... Uh, Jack had Square turn on accepting Bitcoin Lightning Network payments. And now all of a sudden you can like check out using Bitcoin at like every retailer that uses Square, which there's a lot, right? Or, you know, Apple allowing you to transfer USDC stablecoin through Apple Pay. And so I think that there's these ways where consumers, I, I guess the, the thing about mainstream adoption is like, when is my mom going to interact with Bitcoin as part of her like daily life, right? And the answer to that is like when Apple or one of these other like major consumer product companies actually integrates Bitcoin into a product that everybody uses. Um, and I guess just a uh, last thing to say about that, that's super exciting about the mainstream is like, I am noticing now that my friends with children that were my age when I discovered Bitcoin, it is just like how playing video games is cool. Like crypto is now cool. Like NFTs are cool. Being a part of discords are, is cool. Yeah. And so like a new generation now is building stuff and the industry is like, outgrown anything I could ever possibly know all about or even a little bit of at this point. And, but it's cool because, like, new people are showing up and, like, some of the stuff I think is super whack. But, like, you want to build an NFT exchange on, like, a shit chain with seven validator nodes, like, be my guest. It's super cool. Like, a lot of kids are just kind of showing up and they have, you know, no opinions and they just want to build stuff, so. It's really interesting how I think the majority, I mean, uh, there's millennials too, but, like, a lot of Gen Zers are part of that community of, of that world. And it amazes me how you both are Gen Z, you know? Or I think I'm, I'm like the first year or okay. the last year. You're definitely a Gen Z. Wait, so you're technically a millennial? I think after no, I'm I technically a Zoomer, okay. but I'm, I'm like day one Zoomer. Okay. I'm, I, I was the first you Zoomer just made ever born. Yeah, so then it makes, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how, how technical and, you know, these kids are. You kids are. I mean, it's, it's wild. You guys are building shit online, like, you know what I mean, at such a young age. I don't know. It's uh, my. I think feel, I feel like my generation was like the America Online type of like dial-up connection that we we learned how to use the internet, and then you guys like took it like I don't know. I was I, I'm I'm old enough to have gotten the CDs in the mail. Yeah, I remember but that. Only for a few years, and then they stopped. <laughs> they stopped. <laughs> stopped coming because they went out the window. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, dude, I was born the same year that JavaScript came out, and the USB yeah. standard came out, and, wow. and I believe Internet Explorer, and a few. I mean, like the yeah, like the '90s. Like when the internet really, you know, yeah, awesome flourished. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, the last topic I really want to talk about, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, is Miami Coin. I'm not sure if you guys are really that familiar with Miami Coin, but it's basically this type of digital token that the Miami mayor Francis Suarez has been promoting. Um, 
but not without a ton of backlash and criticism. It's people call it mierda coin, sh- uh, <laughs> Miami shit coin, uh, Miami fraud coin. It's got a, a, bun- a bunch of you know people making fun of it names. Um, have you guys heard of this or is this kind of new to you guys? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have heard of it. Do you want to? You can go for. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say a little bit more. Um, just making sure that you guys had heard of, about it, about it before. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, he partnered with this company called City Coins, I think, right? Um, and essentially, it the coin isn't really tied to Miami in any way. It's this company that just kind of creates these privatized coins, and then they get like a quote unquote celebrity to pimp it out, so they can easily get Kim Kardashian to be like, oh, the the K coin, and then she just pimps it out to her people. So essentially, that's kind of what they did with the mayor of Miami. I think they have one for New York as well. Um, so it's Miami coin, but it doesn't really have to do anything with Miami. And then it's getting a lot of backlash because it's kind of a liability. It can be a liability to Miami citizens, right? Um, unfortunately, a lot of people, specifically in Miami, have the whole get quick rich scheme kind of mentality. And a lot of people think crypto is that, but it also comes out of detriment. It's like a stock. You know what I mean? And more so, to add on to it, the coin has actually crashed 95%. So if you, I think the highest it was, it was six, uh, six cents or something like that. Um, if you invested a thousand dollars, you're left with what five bucks or some shit like that. So <laughs> it's, it's. I got on a call recently. I forget with who, but it was like a crypto naysayer, and they were telling me they were basically just like having a very dumb, uninformed argument with me about why like Bitcoin doesn't work or whatever. And then they were like, "Well, oh, pff, and you live in Miami, dude. Your coin dropped ninety five percent." And, like, it's, like, a thing. It's definitely a thing that people are talking about. I will say that. Yeah, it's, like, nationwide. Yeah. I mean, so, what was that? Is it Ethereum Max, that coin that also uh, got a lot of clout that, like, they got Mayweather to promote and Kim K and stuff? Oh, I'm not and sure. it wasn't like associated with Ethereum at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the funny part about um, some of these coins is that, you know, they might be as blatant as to have the name of whatever they're representing. In yeah, it's a brand, an yeah. empty brand. Yeah, but at the end of the day, what most people don't understand about crypto and Web3 is like, do your own research is the most important thing that you could like keep in mind, right? Like, I've had so many people come up to me like, yo, I just jumped in this project, like, put like, all the money I saved into it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and, they lose and I'm like, okay. Uh, and then I start asking them questions. Oh, so what are they building? What are, uh, what blockchain are they on? What are they doing? And then that person's like, um, I'm not sure, but uh, they told me they got a future, you know, or, or their marketing looks good or whatever. Like, and I'm like, I mean, you're gambling, you're gambling, you're running. Might away. as well go to the hard rock. Exactly. And uh, it's just, you know, in terms of the Miami coin thing, um, I can't say too much on it because I haven't looked into it in depth, but I looked into it enough to know that I wasn't interested in investing in it. And I have a very high tolerance for risk. So, Yikes. <laughs> Whoa. so I was kind of re- uh, reading up on it and see if you can explain this better to me that the coin and if I misinterpret anything, please correct me. Now, the coin itself doesn't really hold any value because when you're mining it, it's really operating off of a coin. That's it's like a hierarchy. So the, the coin above that is Stacks coin. Yes. And then Stacks coin is also like a Fugazi type of coin or some <laughs> shit that is really depends off of Bitcoin, which is the true value holder, I guess. 
So how does that work and how is that like kind of scammy? How does that? Totally. Yeah. So I can give, um, I can give, I'm not like a Miami coin expert, but uh, with my knowledge of stacks and Bitcoin and whatnot. So um, like, you know, obviously like the Bitcoin blockchain network is super valuable and super secure because of how decentralized and censorship resistant it is. Uh, however, that also makes it very expensive and difficult to build things on. And Bitcoin is very, um, like Bitcoin doesn't like to change, right? Because it's dangerous to change Bitcoin. It could have like horrible downstream effects. So uh, Stacks is a proposed alternative to building smart contracts on Bitcoin. So Stacks is like a separate chain that runs alongside Bitcoin that you can build software more easily for than you can using Bitcoin. Okay. Now, the thing that bums me out about it is that while it is secured by Bitcoin, as in Stacks like stores all of the activity on Stacks on Bitcoin in perpetuity, um, that does not mean that it is as secure as Bitcoin. It's like objectively less secure than Bitcoin. And so I think like it's important to note that you know when you're talking about an, a layer two solution, which Stacks is kind of like a layer two for Bitcoin, um, you know you're getting into an area of like it's really easy to say oh, like Stacks is safe because Bitcoin is safe and we're secured by Bitcoin. But if you dig really deep on exactly what that means, um, it usually, even if it's good, it doesn't mean what most people think it means. And so when you're looking at that, it's like Miami coin, uh, it's like built on city coins, on Stacks, on Bitcoin. So it's like the third layer. Yeah, or really like the fourth, right? It's like a project from city coin. So it's like when you think about the, the amount of risk in each layer of that stack, the amount of technical understanding you need to understand that risk in the stack. And then you look at like a mayor whose job is pretty much to like regurgitate information to people who like will blindly follow it. And so I think the issue there is like from an ethical standpoint, um, while it's good that we can build all this stuff and experiment, I think it's like, you know, people could have lost, I mean, tons of people who like love and worship Francis Suarez might've bought into that thing and lost serious money. Due to that, due to that kind of follower mentality. Well, they thought Chicharron was gotten, was gotten in. Look where they ended up now. Yeah, should have listened to me. And I think that that's important, man. Like Bitcoin is relatively simple in the sense that, like, you don't have to be a software engineer at all to know exactly how it works. And so, and and crypto, the do your own research. Like crypto has taught now a generation that finances aren't an area to ignore, and that if you don't know about finances, like your life is going to kind of suck, right? So. Uh, I think it's really important to like promote projects that encourage people to learn how they work instead of hide from people how they work. Again, it's usually that, a bad sign. Again, like what I was gonna say, the same exact thing was if he was promoting some sort some sort of venture like that because he truly believed in it. Well, then provide the resources to your city to really learn about it. What are the risks? What are the pros? What are the cons? And just educate. Right? There's a lot of uneducated people that jump into this. So if you're politician that you're supposed to be looking out for your people this is probably a tool so that you would want to give your people to if you're introducing this new finance technology you know what i mean yeah yeah and i mean the reality is it's like in a system like this people are rewarded for independent work so just like denise is talking about doing your own research like in, in cleveland uh, my co-founder and i wanted to teach more people about crypto but the way that we did it was through like a meetup and it was a multi-year event that we organized and that we hosted and that we slowly built a community and I'm like still friends with some of those people today. Uh, but the point is like that type of community education happened in a very grassroots way and it only worked for the people who wanted it. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, I definitely don't envy politicians. I wouldn't want their job at all. Yeah. Um, one more thing I would just say, like most people 
who like just got into <coughs> crypto. I mean, not all of them, but you know, there's a lot of people who are around my age that are that are, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, um, that are, or even twenty-five, thirty, whatever it is, that don't have a understanding of like traditional finance and what is like an outlandish amount of interest, right? So when Miami Coin came out, I think they were offering like a 1300% APY. And it's just like, <laughs> if not, it, if like, you know, the best investors can't, some of them, like most of them can't get 1300%, like, why do you think that that is like sustainable and like possible? Like you're going to get that 1300% the whole year and it's not just going to tank. Like, no, I've, you know, I've had countless people, like when the whole, um, uh, thing happened with, uh, what was that DAO that wasn't really a, it was a DAO, but it was more like a, a they had like Ponzinomics behind it. Olympus? Olympus. Like those, they, I get what they were trying to do, but like, you see 80,000% APY, like, and you don't question that, like, there's, there's something you need to reevaluate. Well, again, Get rich quick mentality, right? Exactly. You don't really look into, you don't cross your T's and dot your eyes. Uh, education is one of the most important things. Like I'm a huge proponent in educating. Like I, I will sit there and explain something to someone for three hours just because they seem interested, right? Um, I have a, a good friend of mine. Um, he, owned, like he, we met up at the at the Kava Bar like eight months ago or so. He sat down with me. He was like, yo, what's this, like, NFT stuff you're looking at? I sat there for, like, three hours, explained, like, everything A to Z from for him. And instead of just taking it and being like, this is what I know, he took that and then ran with it. He went deeper. He did his own research. He started participating in different projects. And now he uh, actually works for a project called Pop Art Cats as a community builder as well. So, uh, and he did that in an eight eight month time frame. Not saying that's regular. He uh, he went really deep and was super dedicated. But like it goes to show, if you put the time into learning, like that's where the real like get rich quick or whatever is. Like you, you that it's not even a good mentality to have, but. If you put in the time and you're dedicated, like you can you can make something happen in crypto. You know, I I, I feel like much easier than traditional finance, um, just because of all the walls that traditional finance has and all the relationships and stuff you need to have, and people can blackball you and all that stuff. And we're, we're a couple dumbasses who never went to school. So <laughs> and look at you guys now. To work at a bank. And look no. at you guys now. <laughs> um, so if anybody that was listening wanted to get. Anybody that was listening, not me, um, <laughs> wanted to learn a little bit more. What resources do you think you could the that are available aside from like YouTube? Because you can YouTube. <sighs> I was gonna say no, that. That's that's number one though. Google okay, well, and YouTube. All right, well that's number one. But like anything else, maybe you guys may be familiar with that. The the regular person. You Discord. Know, I, I was just yeah, definitely like joining communities and just reading, like lurking and and like seeing what's going on. I mean, the decent DAO Discord, of course, is an option for that. Um, and I was thinking when Denise was talking about his experience teaching his friend that it really sucks because so many people have asked me that question over the years. Like, where do I go to learn this stuff? And the reality is, like, my own personal knowledge base is a result of a decade now of, like, hanging out with people, talking about Bitcoin, going to events all over the world to talk to other people about Bitcoin, to 
building stuff on Bitcoin, like promoting Bitcoin, hearing arguments about Bitcoin. And so it's like a really nuanced like path to learn. Um, so I think what I am now recommending, like looking back at like all my experiences in the industry and what has kind of shaped my perspective most, I would suggest to everybody who wants to learn about crypto is to go to in-person cryptocurrency events. Like go to a conference and sit down and listen to the talks. Go like see what people are actually like who are in the industry and like what they, what is important to them and, and what the overall vision because there is like a, a collective vision of cryptocurrency that we all kind of like share. So I think that's like my number one advice would be, especially down here in Miami, like look up tech events and attend them. Um, and uh, yeah, going to like a Ethereum Foundation event or, you know, a consensus is coming up in Austin in a few weeks. Um, that's a great way to get exposure to the industry. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I was thankful enough to go to the, the North American Bitcoin conference to Parker being super connected. Um, I Touch. went with uh, one of the other people. I don't want to say employees, but like one of the other contributors, um, uh, Ian Pearson. He, uh, I went yeah. with him. He, he has shout a, out Ian. Yeah, Captain. <laughs> Pete. Shout out Captain Pete. Um, also he, killing it. I mean, him and his yeah. team. So the Discord. Killing it. I got to throw some credit because. Denise did make her Discord a lot better, but that's not where the story ends. We had a lot of other people now who've iterated on it to make it what it is. We've taken upon you. I will give him his props. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> walked, you walked Dude, so they could run. I don't know if you logged in recently, but our new new I Discord have, is gas. I have. I, I'm very <laughs> I'm very proud. Let's just say that. Like I'm, I'm, and, and to tie back in real quick, like hopping in his Discord occasionally and just and looking at the different channels, like I know nothing. I, I have like a super fundamental... Uh, understanding of of coding but i'm in no way a dev and just going into the decent DAO discord and just like going into that uh dev channel and just like reading what they're talking about i could kind of like picture together what they're what they're working on and piece it piece it together and be like oh okay they're trying to build um an api that does this or they're trying to integrate this with that like okay um and you know i i went to the north american bitcoin conference with ian and uh, Ian's been in the game much longer than I have. I'm in no way an expert. I just am like, I, I'm a degen. Like, I just love researching it day and night. Um, but I went with him, and we would sit, and for some of these talks, they would be getting super technical, and I would be, like, kind of lost. But I would sit there and remember that I have the ultimate, like, access to to information at the you know at my fingertips so i would whip out my phone and he was just like oh uh if he said a super uh complex uh talk or talking about a super complex topic i would and i didn't know a certain phrase or, or vocabulary word that he's using i could just search it up right then and there and be like okay like now i understand the background of what he's talking about now let me continue to list you know and like, same thing goes with, with in person, right? If I'm sitting here explaining something to you and I'm talking about NFTs and the utility behind them and how they get integrated with the blockchain and, and you're like, wait, hold up, how integrated with the blockchain? And you just start searching it up while I'm talking. You'll be like, oh, okay, now I get it. Back to the conversation. Or at least have a, a broader understanding exactly. of, what, of what's exactly. going on. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's my biggest advice on the education front is like, you know, as a programmer, for example, most programmers spend half the day Googling and trying to learn something nice. new to do the thing that they're trying to accomplish. And um, maybe not half the day, but a substantial amount of time. 
I can tell you when Stack Overflow goes down, no code gets written. So, um, which is like the question and answers website for programmers. It's like where we Google all the fucking answers. Anyway, um, so someone gave me advice early on in my career to get like really good at learning by myself. Like get like, and luckily I've always kind of been that way, but you know, consciously focusing on how can I become really good at like doing my own research, Googling stuff and becoming an expert. And, uh, and I apply that same thing to like things in my personal life too. Like when I need a this project for the van that I've been working on, I'm like in bed every night reading about woodworking for Figure two hours. It out. Yeah. And it's a really good skill set to have. And in this space, it's like, you know, the knowledge that you have, the asymmetric information that you have is really what gives people an advantage. So. Absolutely, dude. You are your best tool, 100%. I mean, and these resources are free, so if, you, if you're trying to get in the game, you got no excuses, get on it. Yeah. This man is building a whole van uh, I've been <laughs> watching. YouTube, bro. I've been watching. Off of YouTube. I've been it watching. blows my mind. It's coming out. I needed to get back to the build mode. I hadn't felt this flow state of, like, building something with my hands or with, you know, directly in years you know decent is the thing that i build every day but it's a very slow process and so it's just been awesome to like just build something and not th- like look at a screen and yeah it's been great good shit bro gentlemen thank you so much for coming yeah. appreciate Great you guys thanks this is awkward sure. why are we Sorry. shaking hands <laughs> Dude, we had finish the- yo you um, killed it bro you're not wait real. we're not real, done real hold real on <laughs> i just <laughs> I thought you just said we're done. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to get you to plug your shit. Come on, oh, shit. I know, what kind of host is this guy, bro? <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> no, um, we should keep all this. Real quick, I <laughs> wanted to just talk about the company I work for a little bit just because. Um, the what? Oh, STO. Yeah, um, just, oh, STG. STG. A- STO is, uh, tr- is an abbreviation for security token offering, right? Okay. Um, the reason I want to talk about it is just because it's such a different side of crypto, right? Like. I love DeFi, don't get me wrong, but, like, this is the opposite spectrum of, like, you know, DeFi. So, um, the security token space is the idea of, like, involving blockchain into um, regulated, like, asset classes, right? So, like, I can take a property, right, and buy it with an LLC, tokenize that LLC, and then I can... uh, you know, sell that, those tokens to the public, right? And then you can come along host way and buy, let's say, whatever, 50 tokens, and that 50 tokens represents uh, 5% ownership in that LLC, right? Technically, that LLC owns that property. Technically, you own 5% of that property, right? Okay. And as the person providing uh, that LLC and tokenization and all that, I can choose to either just let you have the equity that is behind that token or i could choose like okay i want to provide more incentives so i'm gonna uh provide dividends based off of the cash flow of that property right so let's say i'm making a thousand a a month on that property i'll distribute that thousand a month to all token holders equally in stablecoin like Uh, usdc or whatever okay so it's the idea that you can legally own something and it's legally binding Right. So not to not to talk down on like DAOs or NFTs. Oh, but that's a pretty cool bus- yeah. business model. Right. And not to talk down on DAOs or NFTs. But, I, you know, me and Parker have seen a lot of DAOs and NFTs that promise you ownership of something. Right. Fractionalized ownership of like uh, what, what was that DAO that owned 20 board apes? And it was promising that you could own a piece of, of that group of board apes or whatever. And one day that guy just up and disappeared and like 
technically, you cannot chase him in court. You don't own anything technically, right? Um, but with a security token, it's all SEC compliant. It's regulated. You, legally speaking, own that asset, and I can go and chase that person in court for that, right? So I think it's... Uh, I think it has a huge future, probably a soon-to-be trillion, multi-trillion dollar industry, just because of, think of all the things that you can tokenize in the form of a security token, art, um, you know, maybe vintage yeah, so cars, properties, things. whatever it is. Um, companies are doing uh, reg CFs, which is a regulated crowdfund um, tokenized. So that's one of the main services we provide is the consulting media and data behind that whole industry, right? So let's say you own Josue LLC, right? And you want to raise uh, $5 million so that you can take your company to the next level, right? But you don't want to go through the process of chasing down VCs and um, trying to show them as to why they should give you their money. Um, and instead, you're like, okay, you know what? I have a huge community, a huge following. Let me utilize that. So instead you go through the process of being approved for a regulated crowdfund and you go ahead and, you know, tokenize a piece of your company, right? So let's say like 20% of your company, you tokenize it and that's what you're providing in exchange for that 5 million. So your, your community members can come in and own a piece of the company that they participate in so much, right? So um, we're actually... You know, this is a little a little bit of a sneak peek. No one really knows, but we're uh, we're actually gonna be having a get fired now. regulated crowdfund soon. I can't say the date or how much we're raising, but um, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I think there's a there's a lot of potential there, um, and I think it's soon to be like a, a game changing industry for sure. Good shit, dude. I'm so excited for all these new business models. Like, it's the, the future's looking bright. Real bright. Guys, thanks again for joining me. Appreciate it. Denise, tell people where they can find you or STO if they're interested. Yeah, so um, on Inst I, I don't really use social media too much. I'm going to start getting what on if it. If we got a little thing uh, out there, it's like, damn, yeah, look at that boy that with the glasses. Where um, do I find him? You could you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Denise, D-E-N-I-Z-K, or un Denise <laughs> underscore K-52. So it's D E N I Z underscore K fifty two. Parker, you want to plug in Decent Dow? You, yeah, sure. Toby. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the best way to get in touch with Decent Dow is on our Discord. Uh, you can go to uh, decentdow.org. That's decent dow.org. That's a we're working on the domains. Um, but yeah, there's a link to our Discord, our you know every single social channel that we have on the decentdow.org website. Um, and yeah, I guess the other thing that I think it's really cool if you're interested uh we just launched our first product out of this out of our studio uh it's called fractal and it's a DAO governance framework which very like circular but it's also going to power decent DAO. like decent DAO is going to be running on the DAO framework that it created as one of its projects but but yeah so that's super cool and what we're trying to do is make it so that the, the technical tools are available so that stuff like the board ape swindler that he just mentioned like can't really happen because what, what's happening now is the on-chain tools aren't working for people's needs. And so they are like, eh, let's just like, eh, let's do this kind of decentralized. And like, eh, we'll be fine. And then what happens is people aren't fine and these bad things happen. So we definitely want to get to the point where the on-chain governance that's fully decentralized is actually like easy to use and available to people. 
Good shit, dude. Thank you guys for listening. As always, remember to like, share, subscribe, <laughs> comment, all the things. Appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys here. Appreciate you, friends. And as always, have yourselves a good day. Y no se meta con nadie. Para que nadie se la meta. See you guys next time. <laughs> remember last time you said it in Spanish? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said it good, though. Yeah, you did.